plot twist. Thank you. <laughs> no, so a little bit of a plot twist. I actually just ended up moving to Jersey City uh, about maybe four months ago. So we are actually finally transitioning out of the plants, which is a heartbreaker because I love the plants. <clears throat> However, my story uh, doesn't start in Mawa. It actually starts uh, in Brazil. My family's from Brazil. We moved to Jersey. And without going so long-winded, even though I'm very young, do you think my story is young? But a lot of life packed in. I actually grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home. And then at the age of, gosh, uh, I want to say 13, my parents split up. Father went one way, mother went the other. Happens to the best. So in that, though, I ended up, you know, being a little bit of a troubled child, you know, partying and whatnot. It happens. And although despite growing up in the church, I had this rebellious, you know, I, I wanted to be James Dean. Or John, you know, I wanted, you know, I remember even though it was in my era, I listened, literally listened to Johnny Cash. I'm like, oh, this guy's so cool. Remember Right? So, and I think in this way, I'm like, oh, this is good. Ends up, uh, by the grace of God, when I was 17, I went to a, uh, a camp, most of you probably familiar with this, called Word of Life Bible Camp. And I've been going there for several years. At that time, though, the Lord did a work in my life there, and it was really like a tidal wave. It, it, that's the only way I can express it. It was like, you know, I had a wall built up against the Lord, and I said, God, I want nothing do with you, I just do my own thing. This is like, I feel like this is really hocus-pocus. But the Lord came over and had an encounter. That was the day of transformation. And I had a pretty radical transformation. And the next morning, I'm telling people, I'm like, guys, I don't think you understand. This thing is real. And I'm like going around telling them, like, do you understand what just happened last night? And I was like, it was processing. It was so weird, so vibrant of an experience. Only so, uh, when I came back home to Rutherford, New Jersey, my uh, pastor at the time said, hey, this is wonderful. What are you thinking? Uh, you know, what are you, what's going through? We start processing. And I really felt like, you know what? I should be in the pastor. Like, that's what I should do. I should be a pastor. As you're a Christian, you got to be a pastor. So um, I ended up starting a small, like, little Bible study, like a Bible club in my school at the time. And we grew very rapidly. It was from, like, two of us to, like, 40 of us in like, high school in Rutherford. Right? We call it theology club. But we didn't study pretty much any other theology. Outside of the Christian concept. So I, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I was listening to Billy Graham. And then I would literally take Billy Graham messages. I'd say, okay, I have no idea how to prepare a sermon. I'm going to just say exactly what he said because he must have done it right. So <laughs> that's how I do that. Ends up, long story short, I go to college. To, actually, not long, it's not going to be a long story short. So if you're looking for one, it's going to be a long story short. <laughs> <laughs> I end up, I go to the Nine College, and I feel this immense call to be in the pastorate. Well, I actually started doing well. I have internship after internship. I go to a church in Northland down uh, in Florida called Northland. I, I'm, I'm, you know, this young, charismatic, you know, man, you know, the bad boy story with a good man heart. It's very sellable, you know, product. It's very like, oh, this is very, this is an amazing story of the Lord. <laughs> However, transformation, and today's really what I want to talk to you guys is about active transformation. Transformation, it goes deeper than your gifting. Or it goes deeper than your charisma. It goes deeper than your story. It's your character that the Lord is after, right? So for me, I had this, you know, charisma, but I didn't have character, right? Always find the short way to do things. Or always, you know, ah, I want to do things this way. Rebellious, not listening. Same thing with, the, you know, the James Dean, right? But, you know, it's like this, right? Just even though you're Christian, that I held on to that rebellious spirit. So, fast forward. Um, I ended up getting my heart, heart broke in uh, Nyack, and I said, you know, I'm going to go to Virginia. Uh, for uh, Liberty University. I didn't last long. Two months later, I would, after like a 
that I feel like really what was a very sacred, you would be viewed as like a holy time, right? A very righteous man, youth. I went to Liberty and I kind of just went reckless. Started partying quite a bit and that led to me getting in trouble and which led to me getting kicked out of Liberty. Well, that would, by me getting in trouble, wasn't like a little bit trouble, it was a lot of trouble. And that led to about a year and a half legal battle. And when you're, you know, a poor Brazilian, you have a public defender, which I, you know, this is what it is. So then from there, I end up still graduating on time in NIAC, et cetera. But during those uh, uh, year and a half span of going through that legal battle, okay, what's my future going to look like? You know, you, you, you get in the car driving down, the attorney tells you, listen, they postponed it. Or, you know, like, oh my gosh, the, the adrenaline and the, you know, the really high stress and trauma it is to fear for your life and your future. Like, what am I going to do? So my family was very supportive in that time, but more so than my family was really the Lord. So once again, the Lord does, he always does the same thing. He takes you, he brings you deeper, he takes you forward, right? It's like this, like we, uh, we had called the power circle, right? It's basically, you have a moment in your life or moments in your life that God is calling you to reflect, analyze, and then fundamentally do what? Take action, right? Take the step. Don't just feel the emotion, right? Put it into application, right? Don't just know the information, right? Lead with motion. So the Lord, during that year and a half time of the legal battle, of me going back to Nyack, of, you know, I was going to go to, I had all these pastoral opportunities, all these missionary opportunities. Well, you lose everything when you go, you know, you're about to go to jail, right? There's now usually a sign off on it. And the value I gained from the recognition of others and being a young man, being asked to speak so often, I had this recognition, this status, that immediately I foregoed due to my own decisions and ended up getting the opposite. Shame. Oh, you're having a burden? Friends, close friends, really, really betrayals of trust. And you end up losing that. But during the year and a half, what does the Lord do? He transforms. How? He took me, who was so dependent on you and you and you, like so, so deeply, deeply unhealthy, dependent on the validation and acceptance of others, right? And he said, listen, you're not going to get it around these right now. You have one choice. Come to me. And eventually, this is what the Lord does. He pulls you aside. He'll break. He'll wrestle with you. He'll, you know, he'll put a touch in the hip. But he'll take you to his own. So what happens? End up, I graduate May 7th from Nyack. I had like, you know, it was a really amazing accomplishment. The Lord's been working in my life. I'm so excited. You know, I feel like, wow, I just graduated. This is unbelievable. I never thought this would be able to happen. I graduated high school with a 1.8 GPA. I graduated college with a 3.8 GPA. I'm like, oh, this is really something. I can do this. And then I get a plea deal. Uh, and the plea deal was an attractable plea deal, and uh, I took it. So May 7th, I graduate from Nyack. May 17th, I'm the best I'm a, the best man, I'm a best friend for my roommate's uh, wedding, right? Or dorm, right? We've been roommates for four years at the time, and uh, or best friends for four years. And then May 30th or May 28th, I end up going, I drive, my father drives me down to Virginia, a long drive to take the plea deal, which would end up being the six months. This was. Looking back, I do not recommend anyone go to jail. It was not a fun experience. Um, Yelp, we give like one review, right? like one star, probably even zero star. Not a good experience. However, once again, I look back at the time and I see what God was doing. What transformation, right? I think like how hard-headed does a man have to be that God would? That I, I take full responsibility, but that God would use that to pull and separate you. And really reconfigure the way you not only view God, but you view man. And not only the way you view man, but the way you view 
the systems that we have, government, justice system, et cetera, judicial system rather. With that being said, uh, when I left that place, you know, bank was protected, I didn't experience extreme physical danger, um, but the reality was it was a lot of trauma that was taking place. So I, you know, for six months, I was in a room of 50 men, not as, you know, nice as us here. Um, well, we never know, right? About 50 men, and it was night and day, 24 seven, huge room. And it was a lot of very intense, intense, intense experience. So, you know, being in that room, you're like, okay, this is, I'm not really used to this culture, right? I'm like, oh, this is kind of crazy. So I had no emotional wherewithal. And you may be the kind of man that says, oh, I don't cry, I'm a tough man. No, I like to cry from time to time. But there is no crying when you're in a room full of these people and that everyone sees everything you do. So for six months, I just was turned off. And I realized, looking back, that I was turned off of my emotional, of being like that connection and being allowed to freely process emotionally anything for many years of my life. That if something happened, I didn't go, oh, I just said, let's go. But eventually, you do that enough, what happens? You snap. So when I live, when we here, uh, when I left it, uh, Virginia, I came back. You know, we had I had came back to upstate. We have no money, my family at the time. Um, is my my father picks me up. He's very, like such supportive. It's amazing. He picks me up. We drive. And I'm looking forward to this moment. I'm like, ah, they got. It. But I start realizing over the next quarter, the course of the few days, weeks, I start really out of nowhere crying, uh, suffering episodes, anxiety attack, like serious stuff. I'm like, what is going on? I'm going crazy. Well, what's counseling uh, and the Lord, once again, what does he do? Transforms. He, the healing work never stops. And then I was able to be a part, I, I was recommended to the plant church. The plant church was a very, thing. churches are all good, and churches are all bad, right? There's, every church you find hypocrite. Why? Because you're a hypocrite. So this is not a perfect church. But you basically do this. In the, in the plant church, I was surrounded by people who went deep. And for me, what the Lord wanted was a deep work. It's a, you know, um, I heard the sermon once. You know, like, it's, you know when you build a house, maybe you go 15 feet, right? You're going to build a house with 15 feet deep, nothing crazy, right? 20 feet, if you want like a huge, not even, right? 15 feet. <clears throat> when you build like skyscraper, they excavate a football field's length. Because, and how tall do you want to be? How strong do you want to be? You got to be deep. You can't be service layer your whole life. It doesn't work. And that's why the Lord's always digging deeper, getting deeper. So, in my ruin here, as I'm panicking, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I do what I do best. I will work. But you can't work if you have a, you know, a, a record. Well, it's very hard to work if you have a criminal record. So, I tried to apply a few jobs, and I finally found one job where I would be essentially picking up, you know, elderly uh, people who are uh, mentally challenged, and literally, like, baking them, $12 an hour. And I said, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to do it. Serve my time. But I couldn't get the job because I had uh, a record. So I said, guys, come on, this is crazy. But I understand now as an employer, it's not crazy. I understand what's going on. By the time, I'm like, this is, I was so embarrassed because I had gone to the third round of interviews for this $12 an hour job. I'm like, this is three interviews for $12 an hour. This is crazy. In my mind, I'm like, this is nuts. So I'm like, okay, I go, finally, he says, oh, have you ever been convicted? I said, okay, yes, cool. And it says two reasons, two lines. If yes, explain. It was two lines. So how do I explain a two-year legal battle, two lines? So I end up going down to, uh, I end up walking out of that, lead, that, that office and what does the Lord do? He transforms again. He breaks me. He says, do you, do you trust me with your life? Do you, will you allow me to transform the very way you see? 
Will you allow me to transform your, your old self and put on the new self, but by the renewal of your mind? That's what he said. He's, he's breaking these things. I said, no, I can do it on my own. I need it. He said, Brendan, uh, he, he said, Brendan will you just trust? Would you allow me to transform you? Would you invite me into your life? Would you stop trying to do it? Do you not learn already the mistake? And how many of us have been in that position? Where you're kind of like, this is like, I'm, I'm watching a rewind of my life. Like, this happened to me years ago. And God is saying the same thing to you today. He doesn't have to change the message. It's not, you know, it's the same thing with movies. You watch the same movies, just different actors, right? That's what the Lord does. So, fast forward. Um, I get my real estate license. I didn't have money at time. My buddy gave me the 400 bucks to get my real estate license. I become a realtor. Realtors are like, um, who's I forgot your name. Brian. Oh, Brian. Brian. Um, so Brian was actually right. The realtor is like a large spectrum. You have like the commercial brokers, right? Like strong. Hello. And then you have, <laughs> and then you have like the like, hey, soccer mom on the side sells like six houses, which is all very good. All, all spectrum is good. But my spectrum is a little bit different. So we actually don't service uh, Mawa, although Mawa, this area. I've sold one house in Mawa. But we actually service more like Essex County, Hudson County, Union County, like markets, focus out. Uh, more so as like expertise. And we, like many of us, I'm sure in the room, in the beginning had very little success. So uh, for the first, you know, eight months, I was working 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week, like, oh, I got to do this. And I had no idea what to do, right? I, I walked in, my broker gave me a stack of papers this high, and one of the ones said, called him. I'm calling through, and this person's like, no, I was looking for a house four years ago. What? How did he get these papers? And I'm like, hello? Hello? Um, ends up, long story short, over the past year, we've now had the privilege, we sold, and this is now 2016, I graduated, 2017, became a realtor license. Um, in the past year, we sold 222 houses. We were able to, I have, you know, we have a team of 15 uh, people here, and then we have a team of, I have 14 people here, and then we have a team of uh, six people, uh, like, uh, overseas. They do, like, our operations, like, the, in the Philippines. We do, like, operations for, like, uh, lead generation, which is really cool. And we built our business primarily, honestly, off just young, a lot of 24-year-olds, 22-year-olds weren't buying houses. So we built our business totally off of, like, uh, cold calling at the time. And that's why the Philippines happened. We built up call center in the Philippines. The call center uh, this week they they called fifty thousand people, or something crazy like this. And you're like, oh, this is insane. But the point is, it's not. As I look through the life, and what I want to share with you guys today is this verse. It's Ephesians four twenty three to twenty four. It says, "You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires." To be made new in the attitudes of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So I think it's cool what Paul says, right? Very interesting. What does he say? He says, put off the old self and not just leave the old self. How many of us say, okay, let's say you're let's say uh, you're prideful, let's say you're prideful, right? Some, I can be very prideful at times. You're prideful. Stop being prideful. Is that what he says? Let's say you are a guy who has a quick temper. Stop being angry. It's not what he says. He actually says you have to replace it. Right? If I take off all my old self, I take off all, let's say my clothes. I take off all my clothes. I walk outside, I'm going to be dang cold. Right? He's not saying this out of the cold. He's not saying put down your web and say, or put down your, these vices in your life that you've had that you've used to cope. It's not what he's saying. He says, 
put off the old, but put on the new. And throughout my life, what the Lord has been doing, and to this very day, it's he deconstructs what I what I want, what I have, the way I want to live. And he says, okay, now that I've shown you that this is literally toxic, it's not going to work. Now that you know, a hard heavy is really soft, right? Now that we learned that, the Lord says what? He says, will you allow me to teach you how I work? And would you adopt that? So perhaps you say, would you walk in humility? Would you walk in slowness? For me, uh, it's a restlessness. I need to work. I don't know what to do if I don't work. I, would, you, would you learn how to rest? Oh, I, I want to do this my way. Okay, what do you do my way? And if you look in your life, I'm sure you guys can look at ways that God has already done these things. He's already transformed. He's like, this is who you used to be. Now this is who you are. Right? And same thing, right? He takes the orphan, right? He takes the widow, right? He, he says, no. Hey, I see the orphan rather. He says, hey, you're going to be a son. And there's two transformations. The transformation that happens at your know, salvation, boom, your new creation, awesome, yes. But there's a daily transformation that takes place. And even though I, I look back at Joe, I'm like, that, was a, that didn't even happen. That, that's not even a real story when I tell it. That was five years ago. The trans, I, I can't live off the stories of five years ago. I can't afford to live in faith with the Lord, in relationship with the Lord, from a transformation of my mind that took place five years ago. I need something today. The business is honestly better than I ever thought it would be. I never fathomed this in my entire life. Now, next year, it's going to be even bigger and better. And it's going to keep getting bigger and better. And we're going to help more people. And we're going to have more jobs. And we're going to get into more property management and all these fun things. I don't want it. If I don't, if I lose the rhythm of transformation in my life, <clears throat> not just transformation in your businesses, not just transformation in your profession, not just transformation in like uh, oh, in in you as in I want transformation in my marriage. I want transformation now as a man, so I can help when I have children. I want transformation in my community. I want transformation in my industry. You were right. The double the dual agent uh, thing. Real estate it it is really shark infested waters. And you got to be there, sword and gun, ready. Just in case someone's far, they get close, you got to swipe. Right? This is very serious. I want to be different. And I don't want to be different for the sake of being different or for a tagline in some article. I want to be different because I want people to genuinely see and I want to see the work the Lord has done to in me and to me come to fruition in the lives of others. And that's what the Lord invites us to. And if you just look back a little bit in your life, you'll see God is much more involved in our transformation than we'd like to give him credit for. So, this is the, uh, Matt told me to bring two questions, so I brought two questions. Now, three, not one. Matt said this, first question, I want us to go and just uh, speak, what transformation have you guys seen in the past two years? We've seen a lot of changes with the pandemic, right? But not with the pandemic change. Now it's like, oh, the country is changing this way. This is another question for today. The question is, how have you changed in light of the faith over the past two years? Perhaps you've gotten closer to the Lord. Perhaps your schedule, now that there's a lot more homework or work from home, it has now allowed you, it has caused you to lose the rhythms of your devotional time, the rhythms of maybe date nights, the rhythms of prayer. So talk. Hey, what did the past few years look like for me, faith-wise? What did transformations did I see? Did the old self come back more so? 
right? That or, or am I walking and operating in a new self? At the same time, the second question will be, where do I want to be? What does it look like a year from now if I were to commit to transformation with the Lord? So what did the past two years look like? And right, this is the old, right? Not necessarily the old self. Maybe it was a great two years, right? Many of us probably had our most profitable two years. So what did the past two years look like? In light of the faith, not, you know, in light of, oh, well, you know, the Yankees are injured, but in light of the faith. And then what do we want to happen in the next year? Okay, the past two years, what did happened, and what do we want to happen in the next year? Um, a few minutes, guys, and then as always, we'll wrap up and, you know, we can mingle afterwards. Okay, all right, guys, I want to say thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, let's enjoy. Cheers. Um, dear God, we just thank you for today and we thank you for this morning. And um, we just want to take take a moment to pray for, for Thomas and for his family and friends and um, everybody who's experiencing that loss, that you can just come alongside them and, and console them and comfort them. And we pray that you do the same for, for other people who are in a similar place of um, struggle and loss, uh, just that you are a God um, that comforts and that um, is with people in in dark times and just that you're not necessarily um, going to make everything better in an instant, but you want to be there with us in that and get us through that with you. Um, so we pray for that. And again, God, we just pray for this morning. Thank Brendan for, for coming to share with us today and just that, um, that we can not only feel, but reflect and process and take action on what you're speaking to us and the transformation that you want to um, work in us and that um, we can surround ourselves with people that uh, that can encourage us in that and that we can encourage others in that. Um, and so God, we just thank you so much for this morning and for, for that message and for Brennan and uh, pray that you bless the rest of this day and the rest of the weekend and the guys in this room. Thank you. Amen. 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 All right. Thanks, guys.